0: the following program is sponsored by fairly spiritual on kcis well hello everyone it's dr doug bursch and you are listening to the fairly spiritual show on today's show we're going to talk about having a faith that's not just about the destination but the journey it's not just about the big event when you achieve everything and everyone's cheering for you and saying yay but about the process that leads you to that event Life is far more about daily bread than it is about the great big banquet at the end. On today's show, we're going to talk about daily bread faith that motivates us when no one else is around. On today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Another. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, and this is The Fairly Spiritual Show. So glad you could join me. How you making it? You surviving? It's hard, isn't it? Knowing what's normal in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know. Give yourself grace, right? Now, the only thing I know as Christians, we should be kind. We should be gracious. We should be the most loving. We shouldn't be a bunch of grumpy, complaining, angry people. I do know that. Uh, This is the time when our world is in crisis for us to express Christ, to be Christ-like. This isn't a time to be shaking our fist and screaming and yelling at people. It's a time for us to be showing the love of God, right? It is. I hope we're doing that. It's not time for us to be selfish and self-centered. Uh, But anyway, uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about having a faith that is about the journey and not just about the destination. If you want to text me, you can text me at this number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Uh and uh also if you want to keep this show on the radio we used to be on Friday and Sundays now we're just on Friday and if you want us to stay on Fridays uh you're going to need to donate fairlyspiritual.org is where you go fairlyspiritual.org you ever listen to public uh radio or public television and they say this program is brought to you by viewers like you or listeners like you and you're listening or viewing and you go it's not listeners like me cuz I've never donated a thing well, uh, is that the case with this show? If that's the case, uh, I'd love for this show to be brought to you by listeners like you. In order in order for that to happen, uh, you need to go to fairlyspiritual.org, click on the donate button, and give $20 or more, and we can stay on the air on Fridays. So I'd appreciate that greatly. Was that too guilting? I hope not. Just pray about it, and God will show you what to do. Oh, no, 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 that sounded like I was guilting you, didn't it? Well, anyway, go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate, and I will be so thankful for your kindness and your generosity. Uh, So on today's show, we're going to talk about this, that sometimes we are motivated by future outcomes, and we all have these goals and plans and future outcomes, but the problem with that is sometimes we have a lot of present misery as we're working for a future outcome. And I want to talk about the concept of having daily contentment, of having value in the journey, of having value in the process. Uh, To do that though, let's just start with a scripture, uh, Galatians 5 verse 16. The Apostle Paul is talking about living according to the Spirit, and that when we live according to the Spirit, we must recognize that first that we have the Holy Spirit with us, and that the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our life. But the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our life if we make room for the Holy Spirit and we keep in step with the Spirit, that the Spirit will produce a spirit fruit. Uh, But if we live according to the flesh, if we live according to things contrary to the Spirit, uh, we're going to produce fleshly things. So, and also, if we try to produce spiritual things through fleshly things, that's not going to work. If we do things in our own strength, and our own power, and our own flesh, we're not going to produce spiritual things or things of the Spirit. But if we make room for more of the Spirit, which is present in our life, we're going to see more spiritual fruit. So we see this in Paul's writing here in Galatians 5, verse 16. sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. By the way, I love that list because he throws these all together, I think probably to offend everyone, because some people are like, well, I'm not you know, sexually immoral, and I'm not involved in orgies and sorcery, but he also puts in there dissensions, divisions. Rivalries jealousy fits of anger well that that's kind of a different thing a lot of us could maybe relate to that but he's saying that's all a sign that you're you know feeding the flesh that you're motivated by your flesh you know Christians who are motivated by their flesh that's what they're going to be doing they're going to be causing dissensions and divisions and rivalries you know you can see that right now fleshly Christians are ones who are constantly involved in divisions and rivalries, and dissensions, and fits of anger. That's what they're doing. If we're led according to the Spirit, he goes on, he says, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. By the way, responding to this pandemic, like Christians who are responding to the pandemic, this is how they respond to their neighbor, to their government, their friends to their family their people who are full of joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control those who are led by the flesh are going to be full of anger fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions he goes on he says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control against such things there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So there's no conceited Christians provoking one another, envying one another. So the Spirit led life is, you know, God has, Christ has risen from the grave, He's poured out His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has revealed to us this life, and we live in the Spirit. And if we live in the spirit, our our job is to make room for the spirit. And as we make room for the spirit, we see spiritual fruit in our life. This is a daily thing. We don't do a lot of works in order to try to become more spiritual. We just release this spiritual life in our life, and the fruit of releasing the spiritual life is we see more spiritual fruit. Well, I want I want to tra- transition to uh, talking about just this topic, of, and I, I hope I don't get into the deep weeds here too much, but uh, stay with me a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some philosophy, and then uh, and I'm going to minimize this a little bit, but I'm going to talk about this philosophy in order to get to the concept of how we can have a faith that is about daily bread and about daily living versus a faith that's just about outcomes and about events. Um, all of us, at some level, are working for certain goals and outcomes. We do certain things for certain outcomes. Aristotle uh, talked about uh, outcomes in terms of telos. The word telos means uh, everything has an end, a purpose, or a goal. He talked a lot about that every object and every person has a telos, an inherent purpose or an inherent goal. The telos is the purpose of our journey, the goal that motivates our activity, the end result we desire for from our striving. Uh, For instance, uh, here's the idea, like preaching a message or, or doing a radio show. What is my telos? What is the goal of doing, let's say, this message I'm doing here now? Well, the ultimate goal, the end result that I want from doing this show is I want people to draw closer to God. I want you to grow in love with God. I want you to draw closer to God, to be revealed, you know, God to be revealed to you, I want you to serve God and to know God. That, that is the ultimate goal. There might be other goals, but that's the ultimate goal. That's the telos. That's the end purpose of why I am preaching. Now, Aristotle also spoke of some other concepts. That there's different ways that we get to these end goals. And I'm going to bring a couple words in here. And again, this might seem a little like, well, what are you talking about these things? But it's a way to lay a framework that might help you understand different ways that we can live That brings satisfaction to our life or dissatisfaction to our life. Uh, Aristotle used two different words: poesis and praxis. Now, poesis, and if you want to spell out poesis, is p-o-i-e-s-i-s. Poesis, p-o-i-e-s-i-s, and poesis means to make. It is the activity in which a person brings something into being that does not exist before. And poesis, the concept of poesis is that we are doing something to bring something into existence. We are making something that that the end result that we want doesn't exist in the doing. Now, this sounds pretty complicated here, but the idea is we are working for some objective, but the working that we're doing does not include the end result. We want an end result, and so we do a bunch of stuff, and we work really hard to make something And then all our work and all our making creates an end result. But the end result is not in our doing, and it's not in our making. It's only in the end result. Now you say, Doug, I don't quite understand this. Well, I'm going to compare it to praxis. Praxis, the end result is in our doing. So we have an end result. There's something that we want to do. There's something we want to accomplish. But the actual end result is also in our doing. And so I'm gonna give the explanation of this because still you're saying, I don't understand what these things are. Poesis and praxis, what does this all uh, mean? I don't this, this is confusing to me. Why are you talking about these things? Well, just keep following with me on this. So, poesis, the end result is not in the doing. All the stuff I'm doing, I'm doing it for an end result, but that end result is not in the doing. Praxis, the end result that I'm trying to achieve, it's in the doing. So I'm going to give you an example of this, two different examples. So let's say this. Uh, You you want to go on vacation. And you want to go on vacation for the purpose of having a happy family. So what is the result? The end result is you want a happy family, right? I want a happy family. We want a happy time. So we're going on vacation. So poesis is this. Let's say we're traveling to Disneyland. We're going to drive to Disneyland. Poesis is this that Disneyland is our happy destination, but to get to Disneyland, we're miserable. We drive in the car a long distance. Uh, we, we never stop to use the restrooms. The kids keep going, are we there yet? Dad yells at mom, mom yells at dad. Dad yells at the kids. The kids fight with each other. We never stop the car. We're constantly fighting, and the whole goal is just be quiet. We gotta travel. We, you know, we travel 48 hours You know just nonstop. We stay in the worst places. We're just miserable because our goal is to get to the destination, which is Disney. So where is the happiness? Is the happiness on the journey? No, the happiness is not on the journey. The happiness is only in the destination. So pohesis is that concept, that the goal is, the end result is we want to be happy and we're going to be at Disney, but that end result is not in the doing. So we did all this miserable stuff in order to get to the end result, to be at Disney, to be happy. That is a poesis way of living. Does that kind of make sense there? So the idea is the end result is not in the doing. Someone says, were you happy in the car? No. Were you happy on the drive? No. Were you happy when you were fighting? Uh, No, none of the way we were happy. Were you happy at Disney? Yeah, we were happy. Hopefully you were happy, right? But you weren't happy up to that place, right? So let's compare that to praxis. Praxis living would be this. That you believe the journey is part of the destination. Because you want happiness to be the goal of going to Disney, that you make sure the family is happy on the car ride over. That on the car ride over, you make sure that we have fun, that we don't drive too much, that we make sure the kids are having fun, that we make sure we're treating each other well, that the whole experience of driving to Disney is also a happy experience. That the destination is part of the the journey is part of the destination. So I'm going to give you more examples of this. I I'll just stay with Disney, although Disney is closed right now with this pandemic, so that's kind of sad. But have you ever been to a place like Disney where there's a parade, right? And so people are waiting for the parade, and the kids really tired, and they're complaining and, and kind of grumpy, and them parent is yelling at the kid, you know, you'll sit here and be quiet because we're going to have this parade. And they're, they're upset with the kid and they're yelling at the kid and the kid's grumpy and upset. And why are they yelling at the kid? Because a parade is coming and that parade is going to make us happy or, or this big firework show is going to happen. And that firework show is going to make us happy. And so the parent is miserable. The kid is miserable. They're yelling at each other. And eventually what's going to happen? There's going to be this firework show or this parade That's going to make everyone happy there's going to be this result that's going to make everyone happy well that is poesis that means there's no happiness there's no joy there's no kindness leading up to the event but they're doing all this miserable stuff for the purpose of something happy occurring at the parade or at the fireworks what is praxis praxis is waiting for the parade is just as important as the parade the happiness that happens as you're waiting is just as important as the fireworks or maybe even more important. Because what you often find is if you're not happy leading up to the event, you're not happy during the event. So these are the concepts. Now, in the concept of even this radio show, why do I prepare a radio show? Like, why do I do this? Well, the goal of a radio show like this is that I want you to draw closer to God, right? I want you to know God and to love God. And to serve God. Well, poesis would be that while I prepare this show, I'm miserable and I'm angry and I'm upset and I don't grow close to God and I don't love God more and I don't serve God more and maybe I'm even just living a really terrible life and I'm yelling at my kids and I'm I'm sinning and I'm like distant from God and and then I turn on this recorder and I record and then I'm all loving and kind and say these things, and we have this event where you draw closer to God, but I don't draw closer to God. So the, the actual event is not in the doing. The actual result of maybe what you experience is not in my life. Praxis, on the other hand, is that while I prepare this message, while I spend time with God, I grow closer to God, in love with God. And while I record and produce and do all the busy work in order to get this to you, I also draw closer to God. Now, that's a fascinating thing. I was actually working on this, and I'll be honest, like even these concepts, I was thinking, man, I don't know if I should bring this up. This is These are complex. Someone's going to listen to this and go, praxis, poesis, what is he talking about? It's confusing. Why is this on Christian radio? What's this about? And I begin to be anxious and worried about this, and I'm stressing, and, I'm, and then I think, what are you doing, Doug? You're doing the very thing, that this message is speaking about. The goal of doing this message is not for me to be distant from God. The goal of this message is for me to grow in intimacy with God. So I stopped and I began to pray and ask God's Spirit to be present with me, to comfort me, to reveal to me who I am and what God is doing. I made room for the Holy Spirit to speak to me, to lead me, to comfort me. I prayed for my own life, for my marriage, for my family, and I prayed for the people who would hear this message as well. So so why do I bring all this up? Well, this is the question. What kind of life are you living? Are you living a poesis life or a praxis life? And in this sense, are you doing a lot of stuff for some future payoff, but you're pretty miserable while you're doing it? Now, I'm not saying that We don't do hard work or difficult work, but that there's not much much value in the doing. Like, there's not much of what you're trying to work for in the doing. Like, you're, you're working for joy, but there's not much joy in the doing. You're working for God, but there's not much of God in the doing. Are you living a praxis or a poesis kind of existence? Think about the goals in your life. How many of your goals are poesis goals or praxis goals? And, and it's very important to look at this. And, and I'll just give you an example of this relationally. Here, if you're struggling in a relationship, let's say in a marriage context, here is a healthy praxis goal. Uh, I, here's one for my wife. I want to make sure that I am more encouraging to my wife, that I say more encouraging things that just on a regular basis, I say more encouraging things. Now, that is a goal that has value in the doing. That means the moment I do it, it's successful. Just to say encouraging words, say encouraging things, to be an encouraging person, it has value in the doing. It may have certain outcomes. It may not. It may lead to a destination of greater encouragement. But the reality is it has value in the doing. Now, here's the difference between that a praxis idea and a poesis one. I'm going to encourage her so that she loves me more. Now, when you do that, that's dangerous, right? I'm, I'm going to be encouraging so then she will say really nice things to me or she'll treat me better. Now you're in trouble because now you're doing something for an effect. You're, you're doing something and you're doing it hoping like I'm going to do a bunch of this and if I do a bunch of this, then she's going to respond a certain way. Well, what if she doesn't? That is a poesis life. And that's why we get really frustrated and really upset because we do certain things and then we don't get the results we wanted. I see pastors who do this they're they're miserable with their jobs and they're like, well I'm going to work really hard so our church grows. That's a poesis thing I'm going to work really hard so the church grows, and the church doesn't grow, and so they get miserable. That's poesis. What we do has to have value in the doing the end result has to be in the doing so My goal as a pastor is not about whether the church grows. It's that I'm going to love people. And I can love people in the now, right now. I can daily love people. I can assess that now. And as I love people, the church might grow, it might not grow. I don't know. But I can love people. I'm going to grow in my love of God, and I'm going to grow in my love for people. Or I'm going to grow in my ability just to serve people, or to care for people, or to be kind to people. Those are all poesis things. But if it's going to be, uh, we're going to be a certain size, or we're going to have a certain amount of money, this radio show can be like that. A poesis thing will be, I'm going to raise a certain amount of money, and we're going to stay on the air a certain amount of time, and we're going to be on a certain amount of stations. Well, I don't have control over that. I can have those goals. But those goals are not going to give me contentment. A better goal would be this. Every show I do has value. Every time I do a show, I'm going to give it all to the Lord. I'm going to trust that God will anoint it, and He will bless it. That's a praxis goal. I want you to look at your life. How many of your relational goals are poesis goals? You're doing stuff for an outcome, or how many are praxis goals? They have value in the doing. If you look at the life of Paul and all the things he went through, I don't think he could just live for a destination He had to live for daily bread, daily contentment, that whatever came, whatever happened, he had to trust that there was value in the doing. So much of the journeys that we see in the New Testament were not where they wanted to go. It was someone they ran into along the road. If you see Jesus's life, it was a leper that they ran into. It was a poor person that came up to them. It wasn't the big plans. It wasn't the big strategies. It wasn't the big events. It was the daily activity that they ran into, and then, led by the Holy Spirit, they ministered the presence of God in that moment. Yes, there were bigger plans, and there were bigger dreams, and there were bigger goals, but there was another goal, to just daily follow the leading of the Lord, the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's something we can do. That's praxis, the leading of the Holy Spirit. God, what do you want me to do now? How can I serve you now? Regardless of what other people do, regardless of what happens around me, can I serve you now? Some of us are working for future payoffs, future plans, future programs, future events. Maybe God is asking us to live more of a praxis faith, where the value is in the doing, where the end is in the doing, where we're not just working for the future, but we're actually seeing the future in our present doing. Ask the Lord to show you how you can have value in the doing, where you can do things that the moment you do them, you say, this is worth doing, not just in the outcomes, but in the doing. I think it'll bring a lot more uh, richness to your life and vitality towards your faith, because life is far more about the journey than just the destination. God wants to be with you during the journey on a daily basis, and he wants to give you things that satisfy you on a daily basis basis. Value in the doing. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. I'd love it if you could support this show. Go to fairlyspiritual.org to support, fairlyspiritual.org. You can also uh, text me, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. I'll see you next time. Maybe. Love you guys. Bye.